morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard for Spike 3-6 Mitzvah Cohen. I am Matt <laughs> Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. 3-6 three, three, Mitzvah. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to me and this cowlick thing I got going here. It's really fantastic. And uh, be sure to share this right now. Share it right now. The big tech overlords do not want you or your loved ones to see this. So you show them what for by sharing it everywhere you can. Give the gift of muddy waters today. Sh- Kids love it. And share this, uh, with, share this with every single person on every single one of your different Facebook accounts because they keep getting banned. Share this on all 15 of your sock accounts. That'll definitely help your appeal <laughs> to get your main one back. Um, right. And uh, uh, be sure to uh, like us, follow us, subscribe to us, whatever it takes to follow us on whatever medium you are using to watch or listen to this. And if it's YouTube, don't just subscribe. Hit the bell. Hit, bell. hit, the, just, boop, hit the bell. You are so much taller than me in the frame that I'm like, man, I feel... I feel here, so- here, here, I can fix that. Thanks. I I feel like how Sarah, super fan Sarah Andreg, must feel standing next. It's to throughout her literally, life. Literally, literally anybody. Here, I can do this too. No, that's better. Here, let me. Hey, I'll folks! Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> this is actually more comfortable, so I don't mind doing it this way. That's what. So, folks, thanks again for tuning in to this episode of uh, the Muddy Waters of Freedom. I am Spike Cohen. This is Matt Wright. I don't know why I did that. We already know who we are. I don't know. No. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for having us on our own show. And remember where we're going. Um, <laughs> first and foremost, first and foremost, allow me to thank uh, Siesta Cava for the cava that I am drinking today. And if anybody out there wants to try any cava or any other botanicals, uh, visit siestobotanicals.com. And allow me to thank Le Bleu. For my ultra pure kosher made in America water, as opposed to that unkosher water, it, they paid to have a kosher symbol from AKC, kosher certified for water. None of that, none of that pig water here. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. Did they throw in uh, that it is also vegan? And gluten free? No. Um, <laughs> no, but they should. I, that would be quite a troll if they put vegan and gluten-free on water and then everyone would be like, well, where's my other water come from? Cow <laughs> water. It's run through a cow. All your water is cow water. So thank you, for, Le Bleu, for my non – for my plant-based water. <laughs> so, my, my non-porcine plant-based water. My non-porcine water, yeah. So, folks, thanks for coming here for this <laughs> for this, this moment that we have. It's going to be Hanukkah. To, it is. In two days. Thurs- yeah, Thursday. Two sleeps till Hanukkah. That's right. I am. Uh, this is So this is the first Hanukkah that I will have any celebrating being done by me. Um, because you're now so, part of a Jewish household. Right, I'm now part of a Jewish household. So uh, I have, I'm very excited because the food, the yeah, like as Sarah says, I'm making all the foods, um, and she is, she's making all of the food. I follow your girlfriend's stories just so I can see the food, and the food that you can't the, eat. The first thing that I see 
almost every morning it's usually Sarah. The first thing that I see when I go on Facebook up in the top in the stories is Sarah and whatever food she made. And it's a combination of of nostalgia for those foods and of, you know, liking that food and being happy and of just a deep and bitter resentment of you that you get to eat that food. <laughs> not so much her or the kids, you. Fair. You're not even Fair. Jewish. No, I I stumbled into Jewish. This. You stumbled into Judaism and now you're getting the food right off the bat. It's it doesn't seem fair, but whatever, life's not fair. Folks, speaking of life not being fair, that leads us in perfectly to our first Oh, well, first of all, this episode is brought, or, oh, we did a whole thing. Uh, this episode, speaking of not being fair, this episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. And of course, it is not fair that it is the fastest growing waffle related caucus in this or any party in this godforsaken nation of ours. And uh, be sure to get the buttons. We have buttons now at the Muddy Water store. Go to muddywatersmedia.com. Click on the store thing on the menu, the thing where it says store. Click on that. And then uh, and there's buttons there. Go to the buttons. Get the buttons. This episode is also brought to you by Black Coffee. And it's unfair that it's spelled like that. Because that's... I Anyway, it's Black... B-L-V-C-K. That's how we spell things now. Go to B-L-V-C-K Brews, blackbrews.com to get the most delicious, cold-brewed, organic coffee to ever be maliciously misspelled. Uh, be sure to use the checkout code MW, which probably also spells black to them. I don't know. Checkout code MW... For free shipping, and of course, this episode is brought to you by South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster, who is, was, and shall remain a, a bitch. bitch. He's a bitch. Uh, so are you are are you ready for Hanukkah? Like, what do you just eat more salmon? Do you, I exist that... in a perpetual state of readiness for Jewish holidays. Yes, I yes. Okay. I, I eat a lot of food. I I get and give gifts. I annoy my wife with um, fake Hanukkah songs that I make up on the spot. I was making one up today. Yeah. You're becoming Jewish. I, I, I know. Like, the most important people in my life are all Jewish. Yeah. And like I think that I'm just becoming Jewish. You're by, by osmosis. osmosis, yeah. By yeah, osmosis, just... you're becoming a Jew, an right. osmos Jew. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> ortho orthodoxmosis. Yeah, <laughs> orthosmosis. Orthosmosis Jew. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Uh, it's our holiday. And see, you know, my wife's Christian. We do all the holidays, so our holiday season is like. All of them. Like when people say happy holidays, we're having happy all the holidays. I'm thinking of adopting uh, like a Muslim kid so we can have like a, a, a Ramadan thing. Ramadan. There's no way that's in, uh, offensive to anyone. Um, but, you know, I, 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 we really just enjoy doing the whole – Ramadan's not even this time of year, is it? No. You would have had to ask the other co-host. Crap. <laughs> it blew up in her face. At the worst moment. So we we have so we do the whole thing, right? We do all the <laughs> do all the 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 thing the Jesus Hanukkah and Christ. <laughs> we do all of the holidays, Matt, and we have a great yes. time with it. And speaking of having a great time with it, that brings us to our first segment, the Black Cold Brood caffeinated to rapid fire segment brought to you by black coffee again go to blvckbrews.com and use code mw for free shipping matt 
Yes. <laughs> now, speaking of not fair, are we, are we just doing? We're doing not fair the whole. I thought that's what you were leading into with it. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know. Um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. 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 Cort- I can't do. I wish I could roll. Yeah. Uh, she launched a clothing line, a socialist clothing line, some would say. <laughs> Uh, this past week, uh, selling sweatshirts and other gear that had phrases like tax the rich and emblazoned with her initials with worker-friendly prices of $60, $58. 50, yeah, don't <laughs> jack it. It's bad enough as it is. I don't feel like us. with New York tax, probably 60 Oh, with tax and shipping? Yeah, that's yeah. 65, 65 bucks. I'm guessing. I don't know. I didn't For a check it sweater. Out. Now, like we said, the sweatshirt there is 60 bucks, which you can compare to the zip-up hoodie in our store that we sell for a very affordable 36. What? I mean, that's like half the price. It's almost it's yeah, just it's, un, it's just over half the just price. Just over half the price. And you can have a very nice muddied waters hoodie zip-up mm-hmm. for $36 that yes. is quite comfortable. I have one. Super fan Sarah Anderegg has one. I believe Jacob Blyes will have one in three days. Yeah, um, you can have it, and you're not helping to fund your own subjugation. So there, right. there's a there's a plus. Now, thankfully, this is a gender neutral fit. It's a sweater. Does it say gender neutral? Fit yeah, on there? gender neutral <laughs> fit. It's a sweatshirt. It's a sweater. All. Sw- as opposed to those hyper-masculine sweaters. <laughs> I, for one, am sick of toxic sweater masculinity. It's a sweater. It's, yep. it's like it's they a... were trying to cut, like they had they had five bullet points they had to fill. <laughs> and someone jokingly was like, <laughs> you could say it's gender neutral. And they're like. <laughs> yeah, okay. let's do that. Yeah, yeah let's we do gotta, that. We like, how else are we going to discuss the fact that we have a freaking $58 before taxes. And now it's appropriate that it says tax the rich, but because it's because of our U.S. tax code that that sweater cost 58 freaking dollars to begin with. Is it? That's a big part of it, yeah. Because here's what they say. Well, part of the reason it's cost so much is because it's made by union labor right here in the United States. But it's not the labor that costs a lot. It's the fact that it was made in the U.S., and has to go through all of the tax and regulatory burden. So this story is actually way worse than just, ha-ha, it's tax the rich, but also it's expensive. It's expensive because of that policy. But at least it's gender neutral. It's a sweater. So the okay, reason that, that, if you're a guy, the reason here, that your wife or thing. girlfriend here's steals your sweater is because it's I, gender neutral. I am 90% certain that we use the same company to make our stuff that she does. Oh, really? I am 90% certain. I am 90% that she is going through the same company that we do. And I would not be willing to put Made in the USA on our stuff. Are you telling me that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez lied to us, Matt? I'm saying that that is a strong possibility. I'm not going to say that that is a definite because our stuff might be made in the USA, and I just don't know it. 
Well, we have to start saying that if it is, Matt, because that's a whole thing. Right. I know at least the print. Well, the Spike underwear was not made in the USA. I know that. I do know that. That was Because it's illegal Latvia. here. Yeah. That was made in Latvia. Because um, that's where that's legal to put my face on. Right. On but the shirts and stuff, they actually may have been made here. I had forgotten about the underwear. Um, I haven't. I have a video of somebody dancing in the underwear. I wasn't happy to receive that video. Yeah. Thank you for Nicholas Andreason. Thank you for not passing that <laughs> passing that along. And speaking of horrific things involving <laughs> Jews, <laughs> Chaim Eshed, head of Israel's space security program for nearly 30 years. First of all, uh this just in Israel has had a space security program for nearly 30 years. Chaim Eshed, who uh, also was a three-time recipient of the Israel Security Award, said that... The, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Says that a galactic federation has been in contact with Israel and the U.S. for years. And the only reason that they aren't uh, contacting, like they aren't telling people is to prevent hysteria until humanity is ready. This man was the head of Israel's space security program for 30 years and a three-time recipient of Israel's security award. This was reported in the Jerusalem Post. What? (laughs) You know what? This is 2020. This is 2020. This is how it's going to end. And I'm not when I was looking for the rapid fire yesterday, I did not <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know of like the smaller stories that we can kind of talk about other I mean the AOC thing, obviously, but uh I was like, I don't know what else. And I came across that and I went, There is no way I'm not reporting this. The gl- <laughs> If it yeah, were any other year, I'd be like, oh, this guy's nuts. He's lost his mind. The galactic, it's probably true. That's probably what these monoliths are that we, we talked about last week. I. That four of them are out there now? This is what, yeah, no, I know. And they keep finding more of them. Uh, I'm convinced that, especially after hearing this, that when the ball is dropping in New York City, the, the Independence Day ship is going to come down and do the thing where it blasts through the, <laughs> like. that's just how we're going to begin 2021 is fighting the aliens and yeah so uh i don't like again as i literally wrote in the notes i don't have a joke for this there's no joke for this there is no joke for this it's just this needed to be shared with everybody because to the best of my knowledge jerusalem the jp as they call it J post. It's kind of like J date. Um, (laughs) It's kind of because it has a J in it. Right. Um, (laughs) To the best of my knowledge, they, they aren't like a tabloid, right? No, they're like the Jerusalem post is like the Israeli equivalent of like the New York times, the Washington post, pretty much all of them combined. They're like the news of record. For... Right. That, okay, that's what I was because I have sourced them here before, and I saw that and I went, 
No, they're oh legit. They are as Sorry. legit as it gets for major media in. They are major media in uh, in Israel, and they're the oldest media in, in Israel. They were actually before uh, Palestine and the Palestinians renamed themselves to Israel and the Israelis when they were first granted uh, a statehood by by the UK and recognized by the the UN and all of that. They were the Palestine Post in 1948. They've been around for decades. They are the uh the uh, uh print uh, uh the 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 news record when it comes to Israel and they they put they put the Israeli thing out <laughs> Israeli <laughs> yeah uh so assuming i mean this again this man i think he's 88 he's 85 or 88 there's a chance that he's got a little Biden sundowning happening. Oh, there's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there, I mean, this could all be, or he could be having a lark. Israel has a very, very lucrative medical marijuana. He might just be having fun. Could be, could but, be. I don't know. But he said it and it was posted and he was the, again, uh, Israel space security, head of Israel space security program Why for 30 Israel years. Why has Israel had a space and I don't know. And space Jews. I wish I had, I wish I had, listen, we, I mean, we'll keep talking. We'll go back to this. Okay. Now, it being 2020, and in sports news, Chris Reynolds will most certainly rejoice because it was announced this week that breakdancing will be included in the 2024 Olympics. Wait. Yep. Yes. Breakdancing. Breakdancing. Confirmed as new sport for the 2024 Paris Games and skateboarding, sport climbing. Pull that back up, please. Oh, uh, <laughs> hold on. Sorry. Uh, skateboarding, sport climbing, and surfing will debut at the delayed games in Tokyo next year. The ones that were supposed to happen this summer that didn't because uh, everything went to Dick Pound Town. Um, <laughs> if you remember correctly. <laughs> When they canceled the games, Dick Pound canceled them. Dick Pound Town. Uh, Dick Pound Man, Town. that was so long ago. That feels like that was like 50 years ago when we that were really... taking people to Dick Pound Town. Yeah. This year has been so... Was I that been... this year? That was... The, yeah, that was... the 2020 Olympics were canceled because of COVID. And Dick, Dick Pound... Pa- the Dick Pound Town was this year. This year. I... For the final show of the year, which is either next week or the week after, like I'm coming up with a list of things to talk about that we have all that we've already talked about, but yeah. it's just stuff we've all forgotten about. And that list has some stuff on it that I was like, "That was that this year? This year was so long. This year was long. Wow, dead. Kobe that Bryant is... dead this year. No, that this I year. no see that, but that's what started all this. Like you know." Or the Australian fires. I mean, yeah, we didn't start on a high note, really. Any way you look at it, like I think this, there was something about World War Three right at the beginning of the. I, yeah, this I year? mean that's kind of that that's sort of a perennial thing, but yeah, I mean it, it 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 uh this year the the hits just have kept on coming. Now, thankfully, uh, we do have some uh, something that just came in uh, that should help shine a little light on uh, what's going on from the uh, Israeli space uh, security team. Uh, this just See! Uh, Jews in space! 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 space!
gonna say um who who is going to be taking all of our money uh for this episode and i was like i bet it's mel brooks yeah mel brooks yeah it's mel brooks do you think that one minute clip will be will be the thing yes (laughs) okay well that's it's happened thanks everyone uh so (laughs) speaking of jews in space The house, the the house voted to decriminalize marijuana last week, with the so-called Moore Act, uh, with the final vote tally being two twenty-eight uh, to one sixty-four, uh, with only five members of the limited government party voting to even remotely limit government. Uh, the, the one uh, libertarian, Justin Amash, did vote for the uh, the Moore Act as well. Matt, yes. Um... Now, Democrats, uh, six Democrats voted no, which I thought would have made decent news. No. Um, no. Uh, they're pretty silent about it. Republicans who weirdly voted against the bill said the bill expanded government, created government agencies, and increased taxes. Yep, yep. Um, a 5% tax that would in part fund programs for individuals most adversely impacted by the war on drugs, job training, legal aid, and seeking to expunge marijuana convictions and mentoring programs. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't like government agencies and yes. I don't like taxes, mm-hmm. but I don't like people going to jail for a plant more. There is no greater tax than being robbed of your freedom for several years and being stuck with a felony record for the rest of your life. That is essentially an unlimited tax. There is no greater federal program than throwing someone in prison. Every and anything that is a step down from you can't ever do this under any circumstance or we will put you in jail is better than what we have now. Uh, so, for example, because I had a lot of people, because I, I said I would support the Moore Act. If I had been in Congress, I would have tried everything I could do to try to, you know, uh, push for, um, uh, you know, to push for there it to be a better bill with less regulations and, and, and preferably no tax. But that if this is what was on the table, I would take it. And people said to me, oh, so then would you have supported the National Firearms Act? And I said, if the if it were a step down from a total ban of all guns, Sure. Sure. Would I have then continued to fight against that? Absolutely. And I would have continued to fight against the, the taxes and programs created by this. A more apt comparison would be the 18th Amendment and the 21st Amendment. The 18th Amendment banned uh, the sale or use or production of alcohol, which led to all of the horrors of the Prohibition era. When the 21st Amendment was passed, it ended the prohibition of alcohol 
And the federal government immediately passed a ton of regulations and taxes, including an excise tax on it. And that was far better than keeping it illegal. And many of those taxes and many of those regulations over time have been gotten rid of. Some of them have gotten worse, but some of them have been eliminated. For example, uh, the federal ban on uh, at-home breweries and, and, and small batch brewing, which has allowed us to have a, 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 a vibrant uh, uh, IPA and, and mini brewery uh, cottage industry in this country. Uh, so, micro, so mic- micro, I'm sorry. Microbrews. I'm sorry. Listen. Sorry. Sorry. Listen. Sorry. It's because it's because of microbrews that the greatest beer ever was created. It's called Cream and Sugar, please. You can get it at Cycle Brewery, downtown St. Pete. I can't get it anymore. But it tastes tissue, just like tissue. a cup of coffee. Yeah, because I'm a drink, because I'm because I'm an alcoholic. Recovering um, alcoholic. But for those of you who are either not alcoholics or not recovering. Right. <laughs> or who are alcoholics that just don't want to admit it. Just don't want to Cycle Brewery. It's on Central and like Sixth or so. And uh, cream and sugar, please. It's a nice porter. It's like a nice porter. Any particular city this is in? St. Pete. I said downtown. Oh, oh you did say like St. Pete. Three. Okay, I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah, downtown St. Pete. Saying street names. Um, <laughs> well, good. So, yeah. but but that was better. The the, was. the regulation is better than you can't do it at all. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, the bill also provided for the expungement of federal marijuana convictions dating to 1971. Yeah. And uh, bars the denial of federal public benefits or security clearances on the basis of marijuana offenses. In other words, yeah. if you have a medical marijuana card, you can still own a gun. Republicans voted against people who smoke weed being able to legally own a gun. The people who voted against this, all of them, the Democrats and the Republicans that voted against this, more a lot more Republicans than Democrats. Yep. But all of them who did said that either a 5% tax wasn't worth people not going to prison for a plant or it wasn't worth these people to be able to own weapons. Or vote or do Firearms, any of the other or things. To, yeah. Right, or yep. to do yep. anything. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. That or to have a that, CDL. You want to be able to be a trucker? No, you smoke weed. That's what the GOP just told you. Yeah. Yep. Now, yeah, we covered that one. Now, let's talk about why they did this bill now. Yes. Because why was it that it was voted on after the, after the, after the election yep. in more than a year than it got out of committee and they know that it's not going to pass the Senate. And if, well, if it does, Jesus Christ, that changes, that will actually negate everything that I'm about to say. I was going to say if cocaine Mitch pulls a cocaine Mitch and lets this pass and then Trump signs it into law, which I think if, I will honestly say this. I think if they put this in front of Trump, it's at least a 50, 50 chance that he signs it. Because he has spoken he, favorably about decriminalizing would, weed before. He would sign it. I, 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 I think I'm because saying that's what, 50-50. He would be remembered for doing it. That's true. He, he, I'd say 50-50 because like, the police unions and, the, and the, the fraternal order of police and all that, they're all dead set against this. They would fight hard for him not to do it. But he's spoken but he's favorably on his way about out. It. Yeah, he's on his way out. Well, except I think he's going to run again. I, I, he, I think he is going to announce on Inauguration Day or... 
or or on the day that he is uh, that Joe Biden is certified one or the other. But uh, but I I do think he at least it's at least fifty fifty, if not more likely than not that he's going to sign it. If if cocaine Mitch pulls a cocaine Mitch and let's it's cocaine Mitch, right? But if not, then everything not, Matt's about to say is correct, <laughs> right? But like we said earlier, only five Republicans voted for for the bill. Only five voted for the bill. The Democrats will have put themselves in the position of being the marijuana party, even though they decided not to include it in their 2020 platform. By two to one. Right. They they did not put in that they wanted to legalize weed. They did put in that they wanted to decriminalize it, but nothing about legalization. Um, But they will be the marijuana party going into the runoff elections in January in Georgia, which will decide the fate of the Senate. The Senate is about to vote on weed. Why did it get pushed through now? It's not because they're like, oh, no, it's time that we do this for criminal justice reform and blah, blah, blah. No. no. The reason that Nancy Pelosi th- put it through now, not allowing any amendments or any riders to it, was because she knew that it would not, it would pass the House. It wouldn't yep. pass the Senate. And the Republicans in Senate would be blamed for not allowing weed to be decriminalized. And so the Republicans in Congress walked directly into her trap because they voted against it. 95% of them voted against it because it was a Democrat written bill. And they and they wrote it just themselves. Justin Amash talked about the fact that uh, Nancy Pelosi did not. It was a completely closed session with Democrats. No one was allowed to be involved in the amendment. She shut down the amendment process. This was a Democrat bill that was passed. You know, it was it was put out as a Democrat bill, and so the the Republicans reflexively voted against it, falling directly into her trap of being able to say we're the mar-, like like Matt said that we're the marijuana party, uh, even though as Matt said by a two to one margin they voted against. Uh, 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 putting uh, legalizing or decriminalizing marijuana in their um, in their uh, in, in their uh, twenty twenty platform. Cocaine Mitch could if if Mitch McConnell might so, might let this go through. One one of our viewers on Periscope mm-hmm. uh, just said, "I thought McConnell said he would not put it up to a vote." That uh, that could be true. That's probably I, true. That's probably true. That is probably true. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't think it passes the Senate, even if he does put it out for a vote. But yeah, I I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't know. Who would vote for it? I think Romney would vote for it. I think that. um, You think the Mormon would vote for weed? I think he would. I think he would. Because Utah... Uh, is pretty open-minded about that. I, I, I would, I, I think Romney would potentially vote for it. Um, I think that uh, Hawley in Missouri might vote for it. Um, I think I, there are a couple. There are. A couple I don't know that, if Holly would. Holly's I, pretty. He's law and ordery. But I never. I Matt Gate Gates down here in Florida. Yeah, he, voted he voted for, for it. it. Yeah. He voted for it, and I wouldn't have really thought that. But he is actually. That is one of the stances he's really yeah, good on. Yeah, I, 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 and Frank says that Rand Paul would vote for it. I don't think he would. I think that he would use the Thomas Massey. He thing would. He would of, pull a Thomas Massey, and he would say he would vote there's no pack because on it. because there's a tax and it creates government agencies. So he would vote. I think he would vote no. Even though it's, 
yes, it would create government agencies, but it would probably be de- uh, uh, deficit neutral. It would be it would be budget neutral or deficit neutral, uh, revenue neutral because it has a tax on it. And again, it's you know what a real tax is being put in chains and put in a cage for several years, and then being stuck with a felony record that costs thousands or tens of thousands of dollars to try to get off your record and being told that you can't leave the state that you live in that's a real tax that's a much if you wanted to if you went to all the people that are in prison right now and said hey listen i got some good news and some bad news i'm going to start with the good news the good news is we're going to let you out of prison and uh we're going to expunge your record uh and we're going to let you be able to get any kind of licensing you want it's going to be like this never happened except for the years that you lost but we're going to put a 5% excise tax on uh on buying weed. But yeah, no, there's a good chance Rand Paul will not vote for it. He, w- he wouldn't vote. I don't think he would. Just because of, of the, the, the Thomas Massey effect. I No, right. I don't think it'll be the, 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 the liberal Republicans that will vote for it. Um, because uh, liberal Republicans are a uh, controlled agitprop uh, and op- controlled opposition, but that's a whole other subject. Uh, I think it'll be the moderate Republicans that will be, if, if anyone would do it, it'll be the moderates that'll do it. Um, which sucks. Uh, but I, if, 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 if I were in Mitch McConnell's place, I would not only put it on the floor, but I'd pull some of the the moderates to vote for it and say, let's go ahead and pass this thing. So they can't hold this over our heads in, in Georgia. And as a bit of a teaser for later, not going to give you all the details on it, but even if they legalized it federally or decriminalized it federally, Later, you're going to find out why that won't matter to certain attorney generals. And if you're wondering if it's Democrats, yes, but you got to stick yes. around anyway. Yes. Right, but you have to turn. But, but you, you still have, stick have to around. stick around. You still have to stick around. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we're, we're going to see how this goes. I, I, am, uh, I am less than, I doubt it's going to go even be put on the floor in the Senate, much less pass it. But, but if he did, it would be an absolute strike, a stroke of genius. And this thing passing or not, could be the difference in Georgia because it's that razor thin uh, which way it's going to go, especially with Trump looking like he's doing everything he can to depress Republican voter turnout by repeatedly insisting that their system is absolutely compromised and that the Republicans that are in control of it are in in on it with the Democrats. So go vote Republican. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Speaking of marijuana. Speaking of being intoxicated. That's a good one. Speaking of being one. intoxicated, we're about to listen to an intoxicated person ask us, ask us some questions. On this, the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Where you, or someone who's very drunk, can uh, call. Can go to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters, as I'm doing right now and uh and you can click on the leave a message button and leave us messages and every week on tuesday on the muddy waters of freedom we answer them right here at the personal injury attorney chris reynolds attorney at law anchor call in moment you can also make a donation there there's a button there to give us money the real ones make a donation the real ones make a donation but you know you don't have to be a real one you don't have to be a real one. You don't have to be a real totally one, fine. but you can leave. You can leave a message. We'll still answer it, and uh, we will be doing that now. We have many questions here from Matt Laser Legend Hicks, as well as one from an unknown person. We don't 
We don't know who it is. No Can idea let's... who it is. But we're going to we're going to do the first one now. Hey guys, this is Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, attorney at law anchor call in moment. TM. So I sound like I'm sober right now because I am. I haven't started drinking yet. Um, yet. Any subsequent messages I leave you uh, may be maybe different. We should hear see. the chickens in the background. So my question for you is, guys, guys, what do you think is the appropriate role of a party's presidential candidate after the election is over and they've lost? I only ask because because I haven't haven't heard from or seen hours since the election and I'm, I'm worried about her worried anyway hashtag laser legend now to my understanding and this is going to come as quite the shock to everybody i am not in the inner circle of the campaign um very few but to are. my but yeah, but to my understanding, uh, she had a uh, tragedy in the family, and so she was taking time for herself afterwards. I don't know uh, what that was, but um, I don't know if that was even true. But that was what I was told at one point, and I just kind of went, okay. Because at the same time, I'm back to where I can say whatever I want, right? Cool. Uh, at the same time, I don't care if we ever see her again. <laughs> hey, thanks for calling in, Matt. Uh, we are uh, going to take the next one, also from Matt Laser Legend Hicks. Now. Hey, guys, this is Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, attorney at law anchor call in moment. TM. I just wanted you to hear something with me. Just listen. Listen real close. Now we oh, yeah. This is sounding me cracking my first pair. So I wanted to give you an update on the fox hunt. Um, oh, yeah. Didn't go so well last night. I'm going to keep trying the uh, snare trap. But if that doesn't work, my plan B is that um, I don't really have a plan B yet. It's going to involve drinking and thinking. Two things I do really well. I drink and then I think. He does both of those. And then often well. brilliant ideas come to yes. me. Anyway, uh, yep. that's all. I wanted you guys to hear that and then know about the fox business. Hashtag Blazer Legend. So I still say the Joe Biden method, go out there and shoot a shotgun. It's bound to work. Yeah. It's, I can't imagine foxes like shotguns. Uh, You wouldn't think so, but apparently they also don't like spring loaded traps that looked like something Wiley at Coyote attempted to use on the Roadrunner. Yeah, they don't. And by don't like them, it means they avoid them. Right. And don't go near them. So in theory, if you took a, just enough of those spring-loaded traps and created a perimeter around your entire residence, 
your entire property of those traps, the fox would stay away. Theoretically, except the issue that he would then have are uh, apparently his chickens are curious. I don't know if that's all chickens or just his chickens. Oh. And he had to disarm the trap because he didn't want his chickens to be caught in it. So fire the shotgun. You have to fire when you see anything that might be a fox shoot at it. With a shotgun. With a shotgun. With a shotgun. Use a smaller shot in case it's a person. That way they don't die. Joshua McHose says his uncle hunts them. Joshua is in Alaska. I don't know if his uncle is also in Alaska, but I feel as though he would probably be good at it. Do you guys use beagles? In Alaska? Yeah, for fox hunting. Hmm. No, no, Matt, you should get a beagle. Matt Hicks should get a no. Matt Hicks should get what? No, Laser Legend should get a beagle. Get a beagle. Yeah, get a beagle. Get a beagle and a shotgun. Or keep the... get a hound dog and recreate the scenes from Fox and the Hound. A live action Fox and the Hound <laughs> with Matt Hicks. With Matt Hicks. As what the a, crotchety old guy that runs around in the in in the onesie, yep, in the onesie with the shotgun. That's, that's how what, we end twenty twenty two. Yes, that is what you should do. That is what you should do. You should have somebody film it. Get yourself a hound dog. Recreate the fox and the hound. That is the way to cap off twenty twenty. Yes, Matt Hicks as the hunter in in Fox and the Hound. Here is our next question from Matt Laser Legend Hicks. I. And you will notice as these go on that he has gotten progressively more Im- imbibed. I, I, yeah. Hey guys, Matt Hicks, still not drunk yet. Calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, attorney at law, anchor call in moment. Tia. Um, I just wanted to clear something up about the fox hunt. I do actually have a plan if I can't snare this thing. Um, as you may know, my wife and I just bought a bloodhound puppy a couple of weeks ago and uh, she'll be eight weeks old on the 27th and that's the day that we're going to pick her up if i can't catch this fox with a snare i'm just going to train this puppy to track it it's a bloodhound that's what they do right and then i'm going to go find it i'm going to find its lair because that's what they do they live in layers they're like evil the dragons or something they probably have like diamonds and other gemstones and gold piled up but anyway i do have an alternate plan but we'll see how all that goes hashtag laser legend so we were right we were yeah he has a hound. Or you were right you were the one that i said beagle you said hound you were actually more accurate but i said it first so we were both kind of yeah. right ish if he does not recreate scenes from fox and the hound i will be highly upset <laughs> he has all of the elements he, you have the fox, you have the hound, and you have the drunken old guy. That's you. <laughs> middle-aged. You're now the middle-aged, middle-aged old guy. Middle-aged, middle-aged drunken guy. middle-aged guy with a shotgun. And I guarantee that Matt Hicks, if anybody, if has anybody watching, Matt, Matt Hicks has a onesie oh, pajama God. set. Yes. Abs- 100%. If there's anyone on this, in this human race who has a onesie, it is Matt Hicks. I guarantee you his next this next one's gonna be about a onesie. Hey guys, Matt Hicks. 
still sober on the Chris Reynolds uh, personal injury attorney, attorney at law anchor call in moment. TM serious question for you. Um, just thought about this while I was enjoying my first beer and having a cigarette. Uh, the panel that was convened to review um, failures of leadership at Fort Hood in Texas yeah. over the Vanessa Guillen uh, murder um, had a press conference and released their results today in which they thoroughly blasted, uh, I think, the leadership at Fort Hood from the uh, three corps and post commander all the way down. Um, I'd like your thoughts on this if you've had a chance to uh, review their report yet. Hashtag laser legend. So my understanding is that they fired, I think, 14 people, a lot of them in the higher commands. It was actually, I mean, it seems like a, a pretty earnest accountability session that they're doing. It didn't look like they were just trying to pawn it off on the, on you know, wh- whoever they could pawn it off on on the middle management level uh, or middle command or whatever. Uh, it does look like they were really holding people accountable on it. With that said, uh In talking with people in the military across the country uh, during the campaign and and asking their thoughts on it, uh, both in on some that were stationed in Fort Hood or had been stationed in Fort Hood, some who had who had been stationed in other large bases and some who had been stationed in Fort Hood and in other bases as well. What I overwhelmingly heard is that the biggest problem with Fort Hood is a lack of accountability that comes from the fact that the actual command and the structure itself is just so big. It's like the biggest base. Uh, It's either the biggest or one of the biggest bases in the U.S. And it has multiple commands under a central command. And it is just, there's there's so, all of the problems that are inherent in accountability in the military because of military culture uh, and because of how the chain of command processes things like whistleblowers and complaints and things like that is magnified by the fact that it's so big that it's, functionally impossible to get your complaints up the chain of command uh, in any kind of uh, uh, effective or timely way. And that that leads to, you know, and everyone's aware of that, which leads to even more corruption and more abuse because the people that are doing the abuse and the corruption know it's never going to get to the people who can do anything about it. Um, So I think, and again, I say this as someone with no military experience, but just hearing the people who have the experience and who have seen firsthand what it's like there and on other bases, I think that, it's great that they're firing people, but in the same way that it doesn't matter if you're replacing politicians, but putting them in charge of the exact same structure and not changing that structure or making it smaller, I think that unless they actually look at the core problem, which is that the part, the the uh, base itself and the command itself is too large and centralized and, and break it into some smaller commands and have some protections for uh, whistleblowers and, and, and for people that are making complaints uh, and people that are reporting things like abuse and rape and uh, harassment and threats and, and, every, and, and everything else, uh, you're just going to see this happen again with the new command. Um, that those are my thoughts on it. After talking with well over a hundred people in the military uh, across the country, uh, many of whom, at least a couple dozen of whom, had actually been in Fort Hood. And that's not. And that that's nothing new. I knew some friends uh, that went to Fort Hood, and they were talking about uh, the corruption that goes on, especially when it came to like sexual assault and sexual yeah, harassment it's a huge of the problem there. Of, of the command. Um, so it, with Fort Hood, 
that's not a new issue. Yep. If they're firing people, great, but did, who are they replacing them with? If they're replacing them with the people that were below them, it's, it's you've just you've upload you've you've uh, yeah, they're failing up, they're right. abusing up exactly, yeah, yeah. So I don't have a lot of faith that that turns out the way that we want it to. But maybe. I mean, yeah, I'm not we'll, going to say. We'll, we'll see. I, I, like I said, and, and it's like Matt saying, you have to completely dismantle and revamp the structure itself. Um, and and it, if you're taking the people at the lower command and you're, you're graduating them up, well, that's, that's where the problem was being enforced. That's where the, the, the complaints and whistleblowing weren't being brought to the top. So we'll see how it goes. But unfortunately one of the, the the bad things about any big government program including the military is just a general lack of accountability uh and and in a and in a situation like the military which has its own separate judicial system and its own separate penal system and its own separate uh culture in terms of accountability and and structure and command namely the fact that no one can leave if they want to unlike other pretty much anything else except prison a lot of stuff can happen there that you can't do anything about uh, without completely changing the uh, the structure there. So that's what we say about that. So the next one, also from Matt Laser Legend Hicks. Hello there, guy on left and Mike Cohen. This is Matt Hicks calling in. Chris Reynolds, personal injury attorney, attorney at law, anchor calling moment, TM. Um, I'm several beers in now. Yeah. Feeling a little loose yeah. and life is good. Yeah. And I'm listening to the Clash's album, Combat Rock. And my favorite song, Know Your Rights, just came on. And uh, this song got me thinking about some stuff. You know, you hear a bunch of This could also get us kicked off. <laughs> arguing sometimes about just rights referencing this and rights song? that. It's As the if there were a way oh. to prioritize rights. Where do you boys come down on this? Like, if there is a way to prioritize rights, what does that look like? And if not, then what? Hashtag Lizard Legend. I'm not sure that you prioritize the rights as much as who's being harmed the worst and the most acutely in terms of prioritizing. Let me make sure I'm answering his question correctly because I, I, I. You guys want to listen to the clash with me for a minute? Um, oh, is he still if going? So, no, I'm going to be play. watching your show. If oh no, no, no! This is that's the second one. Sorry, sorry. Hello there, there guy on left, and and uh, this song got me thinking about some stuff. You know, you hear a bunch of libertarians arguing sometimes about rights this and rights that, as if there were a way to prioritize rights. Okay, yeah, yeah, Where do yeah. you boys come down on this? Like, if there is a way to prioritize rights, what does that look like? Okay, I thought he meant on, like, policy, but he means oh, okay. just, like, philosophically speaking. Sure. Um, rights really should not be interfering with one another. So there really shouldn't be, from a philosophical standpoint, there shouldn't be a need to make a, a prioritization uh, you know, the whole my rights end where yours begin thing comes into play. Like if, 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 for example, if I go to Matt's, Matt and Sarah's and I go there wearing a, I don't like collie bread shirt, which I never would because it's a lie. 
But if I were to wear a shirt that says challah bread sucks and they're like, that's unacceptable. You have to leave. And I go, I have the right to freedom of speech and expression. That, yes, that's true. But that's a hate crime. No, the, the, saying, saying that I have the right to express that. I don't have the right to exist on their property. It's their property, uh, and they have the right to tell to determine the, the the terms or the means by which people can be there. And so if I say something that's unacceptable, if someone goes to your home and says something you don't like, and you go, hey, listen, don't talk like that or you have to leave, you're not infringing on their rights. Your your right comes ahead of, of, of their ability to express themselves freely. They are free to express themselves on their property or in a commons or anywhere where that opinion is allowed, but you 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 can't do that on someone's private property. Um, so well, re- in theory, rights really should not. There shouldn't need to be a, a a prioritization as such because rights don't interfere with each other. Actual negative rights don't interfere with each other. So the way that I took it that he was saying was, which one should we fight to get back first? Oh, okay. Well, then that would default back to what I was just saying. Yeah. What I said right. before. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 And yeah, like I think, you know, like your personal private property, personal property rights, that that would be the ones that you need to get back first. Yeah. But you're right. Negative rights, they don't infringe on other people. So there is no way to. So I, it really depends on which one he's talking about. I yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I know that Kate, Caitlin and Matt look like they want to fight in the comments. And Sarah says that she would hurt you if you came to the house wearing that shirt and force you to eat it. I'm not sure if she meant the bread or the shirt, but either way, I'm certain it would not be healthy for you. If it means the bread, <laughs> then I know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, I, uh, I know if it means I, I can't eat shirts, that would definitely go against my... Well, I, it is a plant-based we, diet. Yeah, I was going to say. It, is there gluten in shirts? I mean, we know that they're a gender-neutral fit now. <laughs> they, they, well, some. Some. Those sweatshirts are. Those sweatshirts are. Um, yeah, no. I If we're talking philosophically, rights don't – actual rights don't interfere with each other. If we're talking, um, if we're talking policy standpoint – you know, the basis of all rights is your is your self-ownership and your private property rights that that, that are derived from from self-ownership uh, right. or from auto- autonomy, if you will. Autonomy. Some people have, have an idea, have a problem with the idea of ownership because uh, you don't have a deed to yourself, but whatever. Um, the uh, uh, in terms of, of policy priority, I would tend to focus on who's being harmed the most and the most acutely. Um, so, like, for example, I'm, I'm as much as I'm worried about a specific tax that is maybe driving up the cost of living, uh, you know, by 7% or something like that. That's a very important thing. Uh, there are people in cages okay. right now and there are wars right. happening right now. So, forth. but, but to me, but to me, yes, making sure that nobody, those people that are in cages are getting out and nobody it, else is going in is that a, would be, that would be a more important Time like sensitive would, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause that is a greater personal, like, yes, your money taxation is theft, all that, but not putting me or anybody else in cages for a plant, I feel is more important than 5% excise. Ending wars overseas where people are being killed, you know, wholesale to 
help the military industrial complex. That that kind of stuff is sort of the highest pri- uh, pri- highest priority stuff. Another big one: getting government out of healthcare so that there aren't people who are avoiding going to the hospital because they're worried it'll bankrupt them and they end up dying at home as a result of that. These are the everyday things that are incredibly important, life and death things for a large number of people. That's how I would prioritize: is who who is being harmed and and and. The, the most and the most acutely um, Com- completely off subject. Did you see yeah. the video of the guy uh, getting arrested for trespassing when he broke into his own restaurant that this, that his city had shut down because of COVID and said, I've, you can't, I heard of it. I haven't seen the video, but I heard of it. Yeah. Wh- which state was that in again? I don't, you know, I can't like it started playing and I wasn't really like I was scrolling and it started playing and then I looked and I was just, yeah. Oh, what's happening here. And the dude, Literally, like he literally, he walks behind the building, goes in through a back door, kicks in like a back hallway door, yeah. kicks in drywall, goes in, unlocks the front door to his restaurant that the police have locked up. He unlocks the front door and gets arrested immediately. He gets it trespassed on his own property. Own property. On his own property because of COVID restrictions. Libertarians say, we say that any state that would put a tax on your property doesn't believe that you actually own your property. And we get told, oh, oh, well, that's not true. They just want to, you know, that's how we pay for roads. The fact that they arrested this guy for trespassing on his property means that they don't think it's his property. And Jacob Blyes, I don't know how to say your last name, man. I apologize. Jacob says, New York, not sure what city, though. And that would have been my second guess yeah um but yeah no that that video was nuts like, i'm gonna have to watch it yeah 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 because is... he goes in and he kicks in the drywall to get into his own restaurant and then he goes out to unlock the door which he's obviously only doing this for the pr which i get which i it's absolutely get but it's, it's his, his property, property. right it's his property. like he knew that nobody was going to come in and they weren't serving food he was doing it as a show of no, this, I'm going to defy these orders. This is and my property. You can't right. tell me I can't go into my property. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's crazy, crazy time. So here's the next one from Laser. If Legend. so. Nope. 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 Hey, guys. This, nope. Hey, guys. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, attorney at law, anchor, call in, moment, registered trademark. You guys want to listen to the clash with me for a minute? I don't know. Stop crowing at me. That's my house chicken, and I'm sorry for his rude interruption. He has no manners. Uh, do you guys want to listen to The Clash with me for a minute? No. Um, if so, I'm going to be watching your show. If so, God damn it, shut up, Maxine. If you do, then play my next message. If you don't, then don't play my next message. See, we're turning this into a choose-your-own-adventure book. Hashtag Laser Legend. So in order to not demonetize this video, we'll have to play that later privately. Yes. Unfortunately. We may have already demonetized this video, but you, we may I be... don't think Jews in space is going to... If I will fight that, I will fly to Google. I will fly to California and fight Google on that. It's a one-minute clip of, oh, no, they're going to... Damn it. Yeah. They they demonetized us for songs that weren't in the video. I know. They demonetized one of my videos, one of my campaign videos, 
for playing a song from My Little Pony that is not in it. I talked to Dan Smolt, who made the video, and he said no, he used nothing but um, but open source, free, royalty-free music. And they thought that they're... I don't know what they thought, what My Little Pony song they thought it was. Was that... Was that that was that was on Muddy Waters as well because I yeah. played that clip from the Miami video. I don't know what they thought. I, I've licked because they they show you the the part of it that they say is you know being de- why you're being demonetized so that you can listen to it. It's not in there. I had to cut a video that we played on this show out of one of our shows um, because it got us demonetized because somebody mm-hmm. said that it was their song. That video is in like six of ours, six of our episodes. And it's, they it's, demonetized one. It's because of it. So I cut so, it out. I was just like, it's in the middle. I used it for a bathroom break during the election. It's, it's nonsense. Um, the, uh, I'm, my theory is that at some point someone yelled Miami in that video and they thought it said my little pony. I don't know. I don't know why they, they, their bots are getting dumb. So unfortunately, no, we will not be playing the next one, but we will be playing uh, a, a uh, call that came in from, I don't know who, some uh, someone. Hi, AOC here. So I was calling in because I actually heard that you guys are complaining about, um you know, like the prices about my store. Uh, with the t-shirts and things like that that I made about taxing the rich, which we definitely should be because how else should we expect to pay for everything? Anyway, all of the money from my store actually helps support my re-election and shopping habits. So both of those are necessary to ensure a better future for our children. So I just want you to keep that in mind whenever you're complaining about the $60 tank top that I have posted on my website, whenever you're so easily going to go ahead and you know, spend money at Starbucks for an expensive drink. So keep that in mind for next time. So write that down. Write that down. Also, we're not going back to brunch. 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 It's gender neutral. I can't believe they put gender neutral fit. It's a sweater. It's a a sweatshirt. It's It's not even a sweater. You're describing a a sweatshirt to... An alien. They must know that the aliens are coming. Because they're like, what is this sweatshirt you talk of human? And they go, well, it's gender neutral. Oh. But they wouldn't know what gender is either. They might. Hopefully they do. <laughs> um. So, hey, thanks for calling in. Alexandria Casio cortez Cortez. Here's another one from Matt. Hey, guys, this is Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney. Attorney at law anchor call-in moment. TM, registered trademark, da-da-da-da. Uh, as you all know, I'm a founding member of the Libertarian Party Trashy Prom Caucus. And uh, I like to think that the foundational principle behind it is that it's an extreme form of libertarianism where you just do whatever you want and don't even care as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Um, Sure. Where do you guys come in on that idea versus the more 
pragmatic version of libertarianism like the trash prom caucus it's more radical than the radical caucus so yeah let me hear your thoughts because i'm drunk and i love your thoughts and your faces hashtag laser legend so first of all the foundational principle of the uh libertarian party trashy prom caucus of course is that real anarchy is stealing alligators and throwing them into the hotel swimming pool. And I think that that is something that is really, I mean, you could just, you could call it prosaic or a truism because no one uh, in their right mind could possibly argue with that. Um, Speaking to the question about being radical versus being pragmatic, after campaigning uh, for vice president, I found that... The word pragmatism is bandied about in a way that it need not be. Pragmatism is a strategy. It is an idea of strategy. We often use pragmatism within libertarian circles to refer to being a moderate. That You don't have to be a moderate to be pragmatic. The reason that I ended up having so much support among prags in the party is because even though they knew that I was very radical uh, in my beliefs, probably one of, if not the most radical libertarian that's ever run on the top, uh, on, on the presidential vice presidential ticket, uh, that I had a way of messaging it that connected with everyday Americans, not, not just liberty leaning Americans, but just everyday Americans um, without watering down our message, without compromising on, on our principles or on our platform or on our philosophy or, or our ethos but just in finding a way to present it in a way that connected with people who don't care about, you know, political philosophies. They worry about their kids going to a good school. They worry about being able to pay for pay, you know, make ends meet to be able to afford healthcare, to be able to afford their home, to be able to afford, you know, a car, to be able to afford food, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and to be able to advance in life. Um, and that's pragmatism. Pragmatism is, uh, finding people who are able to be successful in spreading the message in this case. Pragmatism is a strategy. And I don't think we have to choose. I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. I think that we should be pragmatic. um, But that being pragmatic doesn't mean being something we aren't. In fact, being moderate when you are in a party that is not moderate in its platform or its philosophy in many ways is not pragmatic because what happens when they like what you said, but then they find out more about your party and wonder why that's not what you said and start thinking maybe you tried to sell them a bad bill of goods. So I I don't think that it's not only do I not think it's mutually exclusive. I think that when the purpose of this party is to push forward very radical ideas to radically change the face of how things are done in this country, uh, then the only pragmatic solution is to find out ways and discover ways and implement ways to push our beliefs in a way that connects with everyone. Matt? I spent uh, most of that diatribe uh, joining the trashy prom caucus on Facebook um, at Caitlin, (laughs) at Caitlin, uh, at Caitlin's request. Yes. Um, Because, the moment he said trashy prom caucus, I laughed and missed the rest of his question. Yes. And then, so I have no idea, but what I remember from uh, the South Carolina debates 
Yes. Was after we saw the debates and we saw um, everybody perform in the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were talking with laser legend Matt Hicks. Mm-hmm. We were talking with laser legend Matt Hicks. Very closely. Very closely, exceptionally closely. And, um, you know, belly button to belly button. Belly button, the pre-COVID talking. Right. And yeah. he uh, drunkenly, because yes. that was the only way he spoke that weekend. That was his standard. Yes. That was. He drunkenly got really close to me. I don't know. I don't know about you, but none of these candidates are radical enough for me. And I was just like, okay. Yep. So I, I understand where he comes from. He does not like pragmatics, pragmatists. He does not like pragmatists. He wants everyone to know that everyone should leave everyone else alone and be able right. to live our lives. Matt Hicks is many things. One of them is as libertarian as it gets, not just in his beliefs, but in how he actually lives his life. This is a man, and I have to. I now have to fawn on him a little bit because he is a dear, dear friend, and he also is... He's a wonderful person. He also was my campaign manager and is equal parts endearing... Uh, calculating Machiavellian and hilarious uh, in some weird blend of those things that works oddly well. And uh, this is a man who is going through law school in order to represent people who are having their civil rights infringed upon by government, either free or at cost uh, whenever feasible. Like he literally is becoming an attorney so that he can fight the government at the government. He's, I mean, you want to talk about a libertarian walk. Uh, so you certainly cannot discount what he says. Uh, I, 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 will, I, I will say to the end, pragmatism is a strategy. And if you are doing stuff that has been proven not to work, then that's not pragmatism, that's fear of change. And that you are not being pragmatic. Uh, and that moderacy in the face of totalitarianism and oppression is not only a bad take and not only not principled, but it doesn't work and it's not successful and it hasn't been successful. Um, What's successful is putting the message out to the public in a way that connects with them. And once you do that, then you can take them on the journey for how libertarianism works, how it will work in their life. Now you make people who are libertarian not because they philosophically have bought into our logical argument, but because they recognize that it works well. And that's a completely different breed of monster uh, than what we often have done in the past. So, um, I'm, I'm now losing track of the Matt Hicks... Uh, hold on, that one and then this one. Hello, boys. This no, is Matt Reynolds. They're calling about Oreo cookies, right? So I really like Oreo cookies. Oh no, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, we... no, this. One. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Hello, boys. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the Chris Reynolds He's personal injury attorney, attorney He's law, a drunker. anchor, calling moment, TM. I want to talk to you guys about Oreo cookies, right? So I really like Oreo cookies. So we often have Oreo cookies in the house, but 
sometimes when I'm having Oreo cookies at night, I feel guilty because my dogs will stare at me. And then I'll be compelled to share the Oreo cookies with my dogs. But then I have seven dogs and I'll feel really guilty because my wife the next day, she'll be like, why is there a whole sleeve of Oreo cookies missing? And I'd be like, I just ate them all. But the reality of it is I had two cookies and seven dogs each also had two cookies. Hashtag laser legend. So go ahead. Here's my question here. So how are you only having two Oreos? I don't believe this. I think you're using dogs as an excuse. I think you are wow. legitimately eating an entire sleeve and of blaming Oreo it cookie on the dog and blaming it on the dogs because I love you, Matt. You are a wonderful, wonderful person, but you and I are not of the same size and I will eat an entire sleeve of Oreo cookies without even thinking about it. These As will the, these my friend Steven over here, who is nodding emphatically at that statement. Those are, fighting I, those are fighting words. I do not believe that he is sharing them with the dog. And is that, is that okay? Is that okay that you that you don't think he's sharing with the dog? Oh, no, oh, like can, the can, Oreos, dogs eating Oreos. No, they can't. They shouldn't eat Oreos. <laughs> that's it's okay, nothing that's with sugar. No, it's like, terrible. It's terrible awful. for dogs. It's terrible for dogs. Chocolate, sugar. Dogs don't process sugar the same way. Like they don't have sugar in their diets. They they don't. It's not. It goes straight into their bloodstream. It's terrible for them. Um, so here is what I will tell you, Matt, because I'm gonna assume that you're not lying on on the personal injury attorney chris reynolds attorney at law anchor colin moment i think he's been telling this little lie to his wife for so long he honestly believes he doesn't eat them all wow never convince me otherwise so i'm gonna assume that you're not lying and what i'm gonna say is that i once had three dogs who also would stare at me anytime i ate anything and i would look at them and i would say Without me, you'd be nothing. <laughs> you have a home, a climate-controlled home. You have food. You have shelter. You are loved. You get to go out and get walked and use the bathroom pretty much anytime you want. You have beds all over the place. You have toys. You have a very active social life. You have a social uh, support network of people who love you. And that's all because of me. So no, I'm going to eat all of this sandwich or all of this whatever. Because you also have your own food, which is more than likely higher quality than what I'm eating. And I don't get in your face and say, give me your food. So no, this is my food. That's how I deal with that. Also, Oreo cookies are terrible for dogs. Right. Patricia Marie uh, asked, have they ever made peanut butter Oreos? And I'm 99% certain they have. I'm going to look that up. They have made like almost any flavor of Oreo you can think of. Well, especially overseas. Like, no, yeah, no. Oreo, you can get Oreo peanut butter cream chocolate sandwich cookies right now at Walmart. Yeah, I was gonna say there there are more Oreo cookies than I knew existed. My favorite are the um, the the mystery ones, 
and you don't know what flavor you got, and then you get to guess. And online, you can get Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Oreos. Sarah Anderegg, if you are watching this show, uh, can you order some of those immediately? They're on delish.com and soon on the Muddied Waters Media Store as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. that sweet, sweet Oreo money, I would definitely be happy. But, but on the thing, it's the Muddied Waters uh, logo on yeah, like the, the instead of the Oreo thing, the Muddied Waters logo. Oh, that would be. I, we actually wouldn't sell any because I would legitimately We'd eat, just like, eat all oh, of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. If they're gluten free, I'll have them too. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's don't don't give Oreos to animals. They don't have nearly the the filtering system that we have because they're not designed they're not they're omnivores but not on the same level as us like our systems are designed for us to eat garbage and not die they they aren't don't do that to them don't just give them some of their food or a treat that's the other thing we also had treats so you know we have all these treats i'd be eating they look at me and start drooling and stuff and i'd give them their treats which they would happily accept and then they go right back to looking at me i'm like no no, you had your treats exclusively. I'm having my treats exclusively. No, this is, it's actually, this is bringing back flashbacks of the anger I would experience at these animals. The, the, the chutzpah that, 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 that someone has, the sheer gall and nerve that they had to take all of this from me and then come up and go, I want more. No, no, no. No, not at all. Especially when it's something that's bad for you anyway. And often the stuff that I was eating would have been fine for them. But no, still no. Here's the last Look, one. man, the point of it is that I love my dogs so much that I take the fall for them. Like, I just take the blame for eating a whole sleeve of Oreo cookies in one night when the reality is I only had two cookies. He's, he's but doubling all down. my dogs also had two cookies. That's, that's love right there. Like, I'll take the wrap. I'll take the wrap. Because I love them. Hashtag laser legend. <laughs> I don't think that. I still don't think that's true. I, I think get he this, eats a whole sleeve. I got to get this chair oiled. It's like just getting worse and worse. Uh, oh, is that you? I thought that was me. No, it's me. It's my chair <laughs> is, is is terrible. Um, yeah, I. I'm choosing to believe you, Matt Hicks. My co-host here is. No, is not. Because... But I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to, to, I'm willing to believe Matt you. Hicks out there saying, when you hit your late forties, if you only knew Matt Hicks, if you only knew. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in my late thirties. I'd kill a box of anything right now. Right. That I will say. That I will say. <laughs> I'm trying to think. So I, I've 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 dined with Matt Hicks. I'm trying to think. I don't. He had a, a normal appetite. I don't recall him like you know, like for example, LeQuinn, my my friend and body man who campaigned with me. LeQuinn could eat as much as any other person at the table combined. Um, Matt Hicks, I think he just kind of had a normal, just had a normal one. I don't I don't think he really was like a, but but a sleeve of Oreos is. Like, it's just basically like eating a half cup of sugar. Yeah. Like, it's not incredibly filling by design. I have, so I've got this friend TJ. Um, 
yeah, this isn't bad. TJ near. Um, and this man, granted, he's like nine feet tall. And that's only a mild exaggeration. Wow. And he eats more than any human being I've ever been around in my life. But he is rail thin. He is just, he's skinnier than me and you. Like, he is just tiny. And he eats an amount of food that would murder me. Is he very high energy? Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. He's burn like, he's burning it off. He's burning it off. That's that's LeQuinn. LeQuinn's he's not super tall. He's like six foot something, but he's he's on the tall. Well, you met LeQuinn. He's on the taller yeah, he's, side. He's tall. Yeah, he's yeah. Tall. He's not. He's but he's not like you know a like gargantuan or anything like that. But he is very high energy and he eats a lot. He eats a lot. I would just hand him stuff and he'd eat. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, you want this? Yes, okay. And he and he'll eat anything. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I'm choosing to believe you, Matt Hicks, but um. So speaking of believing Matt Hicks, you're not going to believe who Yosef Bidenstein <laughs> has tapped as the next Department of Health and Human Services director, Matt. No, that's true. I can't believe you read that out loud. Um <laughs> Joe Biden has tapped California Attorney General Xavier Baquera to lead the Department of Health and Human Services. Now, if you have no idea who who Xavier Baquera is and just heard California Attorney General leading Health and Human Services. So I'm going to I'm going to argue that his name might be Javier Becerra. Go ahead. Sorry. But it might be Xavier. I mean, it's written that way, so it might be Xavier. It's not Xavier. 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 Xavier no, Nope, not X. Xavier. Xavier. You're probably right on the Becerra. Becerra. But, <laughs> um, but all you heard was California Attorney General leading Health and Human Services. Felt a ch- chill go through your body like your Haley Joel Osment in the sixth sense. It's probably because you know how this story ends. With um, your death. This man... Xavier, or Javier, if you're Spike, but he also calls ramen noodles Raymond. Um, <laughs> he does not have a background in health management, but he does have a degree in economics and law, but he apparently seems to be a fan of Keynes. Um, big believer in Medicare for all. And on the campaign trail, Joe Biden resisted saying he supported nationalized health care. But Becerra is a huge fan of it, but has said he would support preserving and bolstering the Affordable Care Act, which is what Biden wants to do. Which is a euphemism for saying lead us further down the path to eventually nationalized health care, which is markedly different from single payer. Single payer is a private healthcare system or privately managed healthcare system that is paid for with tax dollars. Nationalized healthcare is the VA. If you're a veteran yep. or no one, I don't have to tell you the difference there. Neither is particularly good. That latter one's really, really not good. That's the new HHS secretary there. 
Yep. Now, he has, as the California Attorney General, he has also filed more than 100 lawsuits against the Trump administration, which many of you out there might be going, hey, this guy can't be half bad. But many were to stop the Trump administration from deregulating and reducing the power and scope of the federal government. So like the the few good things Trump did, he was fighting against that. He fought to protect net neutrality rules that were overturned by the FCC. He fought the State Department when it loosened rules to allow for 3D printed guns. He supported the California bill banning the sale of flavored tobacco, which includes all of the vape products that I need, as Spike can attest to. His office, oh, remember how we were teasing something earlier? Yeah. California has legal weed. His office brags about crackdowns on illegal grow operations against those who try to bypass the state's uh, regulations, even though it is legal to grow and use there. It's legal. That's why we called that the decriminalization bill instead of the legalization bill, because there are still going to be some people that go to jail for it. If they don't collect the taxes, if they don't go through the regulation, still better than the status quo. Right. But it's what this guy wants to continue putting people in jail with. Right. He fought to force companies like Uber and Lyft to classify their freelance drivers as employees. Which would destroy destroy the the entire gig economy is built on the fact that they're contractors and not and not employees. Which they actually won that, but it got overturned by the voters in November. When they voted to get rid of that, I believe it was the Section 22 bill in California. I don't remember exactly. Um, he shares his predecessor, Vice Presidential Elect, Vice President Elect Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. uh, fondness of interchanging prostitution busts with fighting alleged non consensual sex trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he apparently thinks that we are all stupid. Kenneth Ebel says, what's next, candy cigarettes? Yeah. Um, actually, those got banned a long time ago where I was. I was going to say, uh, yeah, what that, that, that yeah, came you, before flavored tobacco. I, yeah. Right. Can't get that either. Um, he thinks we're stupid because he sued Gatorade for a mobile game that they came out with, which was a lot like Temple Run, where players ran through Gatorade logos and avoided patches of water. Basera accused the company of engaging in false advertising, trying to convince impressionable children and teens that water is bad for them. Very, a huge infringement on someone's right to, you know, make a a game. I just, let's just take a moment to talk about the fact that Gatorade made a game where you try to avoid water and instead drink Gatorade. That's kind of beautiful. I mean, if that's not Brondo, I don't know what it's, is. What, exactly. That it's is pure. It's pure Brondo, but it's got electrolytes. It's got what plants crave. It, right. But Sarah's office won $300,000 in the legal settlement from Gatorade. This is the man that's going to be running health and human services. This is the man. He doesn't want flavored tobacco because as... Somebody said flavored tobacco is ruining the nation. 
this one's great land this one's great land ruined ruined by my cookie butter vape juice cookie butter oh it's delicious smells like maple pancakes um what is cookie butter you've oh man you've never had cookie butter it's like have you ever had raw cookie dough yeah yeah it's like that but in a butter form yeah it's like apple butter but like cookies Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's in the name. Right. The menthol cigarettes destroying democracy. Right. Yeah. Um, right. This is a guy who says prostitution is basically just non-consensual sex trafficking. He was fighting for people with Uber and Lyft to not be able to work without getting paid an hourly wage. He was one of the people that uh, the freelance the freelance bill in California where you, they limited the amount of freelance work that people could do. Mm -hmm. He was one of the people supporting that. Yep. So those of you who voted for Joe Biden because Trump is a tyrant, which is true. I've got some terrible news for you. You're going to get even more petty tyranny. Meet the new boss. Same as the the new boss. boss. That much worse than the old boss which is a steady progression that we've been having for, they don't call them, call them progressives for nothing. As someone with a progressive illness, the word progressive means something completely different than to me. It means what it actually means. It means what it actually means, which is a steady and systemic worsening of the condition. Uh, so that's all bad news, but thankfully we do have some good news. Donald Trump has set a new record for killing civilians. Oh, man. Caitlin Cloven just said Biden is cool ranch fascism. Yes. And that is the greatest. Yeah. The, the fact Joe Biden getting elected shows that the American people are sick and tired of racism, bigotry, and authoritarianism all out in the open. They like it hidden and nice and spoken to them kindly. And implemented largely by people of color and women. Because that makes it okay. Especially when women and people of color and other marginalized communities are still being disproportionately harmed by it. But at least they put blackface on it. And if you don't like that, you ain't black. Truth. Period. to. So yeah, Trump uh, murdered people, Matt. Yeah, Trump murdered a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and we aren't talking about the ones in... Oh, and real quick. Because I almost brought this up. I believe I believe it was a box. An article today talking about how Trump's executions were spreading COVID. And I was like, wow, you talk about really focusing on the wrong thing. They had an article about Trump's executions, which we talked about last week or the week before. I don't remember when. Yes. But we, talk, we talked about how Trump was breaking records for executions since like the 19th century. Where and, people die. And yeah, these executions are uh, spreading COVID at an alarming rate because 
let's not focus on the person that's being murdered by the state. Let's instead focus on, oh, well, the fact that these are going on is spreading COVID. How is spreading COVID? Because like the people are coming to witness it. Yeah. Uh, in one of the scenarios was the guy who was delivering the last rites. Uh, he got it because he was near two unmasked guards or possibly a prisoner. I don't, I don't know. Um, and he ended up spreading it amongst other people, but it all linked back to that. And there was like, there was, I read half the article and I almost like turned it into a whole thing, but it was so dumb. Someone was murdered. Someone was right. Exactly. Somebody was murdered, but what they were focusing on was these executions are spreading COVID. Let's focus on the fact that we, as a nation, not all of us supported it, but we as a nation just murdered somebody. You know, the problem with the Holocaust, Matt, is the spread of tuberculosis. <laughs> <sighs> right, the, the famine. The famine. That was, <laughs> the famine that was going on inside the... Inside of the systemic murder of them. Right. Well, the famine was the the famine and the spread of tuberculosis. That was the issue, as opposed to the mass genocide and a, a uh, huge, huge uh, shortage of dental services. <laughs> Not the the non consensual tattoos. <laughs> and the increase in the price of the ink. We need to let's stop. Let's stop. <laughs> um, let's, let's stop, please. By the way, uh, quick news. Uh, here's how you pronounce that guy's name. Hold on. Okay. Where is it? I don't know. Why can't I, I can't hear anything? It. Oh, I got it muted. Hold on. Javier Becerra. What? Javier Becerra. It is Javier. It is Javier. Javier Becerra. Why would you spell with an X? Somebody in the comments said that uh, their son's name is Javier with an X. And I thought, wow, I have never seen that before. So that's why I just immediately assumed Xavier. If we were a real news program, we would probably have looked that Professor up. Professor Javier <laughs> of the Hymen. He went to so, yeah, Javier University. He went to Javier University. So Trump murdering oh. people. Trump, yeah, Trump murdered people. Um, Trump fans, Trumpians, Trumpsters are quick to say Trump didn't start any new wars. And while technically true, yeah, he didn't start any new wars. Sure. But according to a new study from Brown University's Cost of War program that was released, I believe, yesterday, from 2017 through 2019, which for all of you out there who like to keep track of these things are the years that trump was in office right um civilian deaths due to the u.s and allied forces airstrikes in afghanistan dramatically increased in 2019 airstrikes killed 700 civilians more civilians than in any other year since the beginning of the war in 2001 and 2002 So after the U.S. and Taliban reached a peace agreement in late February of 2020, mm -hmm. which, you know, that whole don't negotiate with terrorists thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thankfully, the, the Taliban decided to. 
the U.S. and other international airstrikes declined, and so did the harm to civilians caused by those strikes. Now, what did that teach anybody else who may be fighting in that area? Afghan government is now negotiating with the Taliban as part of a broader offensive, perhaps mm-hmm. increasing Afghan government leverage in the talks. Uh, airstrikes by the Afghan Air Force have increased. Yep. So the Afghan Air Force is harming more Afghan civilians than at any time in its history. In the first six months of this year, the Afghan Air Force killed uh 86 afghan civilians and injured 103 civilians in airstrikes that rate of harm nearly doubled in the next three months if you do the math there they're pretty much doing what the u.s and allied forces were doing so it's it true you know we were talking about meet the new boss same as the old boss yeah yeah i already feel Many of the people who are watching this going, well, you know, in war, you have to accept some civilian casualties. Well, do you? Why? You don't. You are safe and comfortable at home, able to talk dispassionately about such things because it doesn't affect you. Now, imagine if instead those 700 civilian deaths were here. And I don't mean here like in America, in another state in New York City or L.A. or wherever you don't live. I mean here, like where you are, your hometown, where every day you go outside to live your life and wonder if it could be you, where you have become normalized to the reality. Because we often forget in war that in the midst of these long-running, decades-long wars, it's not like during World War II where everyone was huddled down waiting for it to end. They're sending their kids to school they're going to the store the market they're going to work they're going to their mosque or other house of worship they're going to live their lives because it's been years they can't not do that and there are bombings happening and drone attacks happening and we've talked about this many times on this show children in the areas that are affected by the u.s war on terrorism they grow up to be scared of sunny days because sunny days are the days that the bombers and the drones are more able to accurately target. So that's when they do most of their bombings. When it's overcast, it's less likely to happen. Imagine waking up and seeing that beautiful sunshine and be fearing for your life. This is the long-term toll that is being done by the, and I'll say it, terrorism that is being undertaken by the U.S. and its allies. Why do I call it terrorism? Terrorism is the use of violence and murder to achieve political goals. That's what this is. This is not to protect us. It's not to protect our freedoms. It's certainly not to protect our safety. It is to advance the military-industrial complex and the U.S. government's aims for that region, which have nothing to do with us or our safety, much less our prosperity, because they're robbing us and future generations that haven't even been born yet to pay for it. This is a perfect example 
of the military-industrial complex doing what it does, using the world as a chessboard, using us as its pieces and the people that pay for the board and the pieces, and treating people like abstractions that can be killed wholesale. And we were told that Donald Trump was a little better than his predecessors, and he didn't start a new war, but he did increase the number of civilians directly killed and, by the U.S. military. Go ahead. And Donald Trump uh, prides himself on being, you know, the, the king of the deal hmm. or whatever he likes to say. Um, you know that he was like, we're going to we're going to get them to negotiate with us to to some sort of peace deal, peace agreement, which based on everything he says, he's not supposed to negotiate with them anyway. And the right. way that he went about doing it was by murdering more Afghan civilians in order to force them into going into it. What the people who survived, the people who survived, how do you think they're going to grow up? Do you think they're going to be going, well, I know that I lost my uncle Bob or my, you know, my sister Jane or whatever. Uh, I know that happened, but you know what? At least the Taliban in the U S have a peace agreement now. Or are they going to grow up being like, you know what? Screw America. They murdered my uncle Bob and J- my sister Jane. Yep. And now you are forced with a whole new group of people who hate you because you killed a bunch of civilians in order to get some fake peace agreement from an organization that you have stated is a terrorist organization that we should not negotiate with. That we shouldn't even be negotiating with. And where we've just handed off the role of killing civilians from us and our military to the Afghan security forces. So it didn't stop. It just became more domestic, even though we're still paying for it. Where do you think the money for that war effort's coming from? Do you think that's Afghan tax dollars paying for that? They don't have the money to do that. Oh. That's coming from you. Yes. So now it's just it's it's six of one, half dozen of the other. So at least and- our troops come home, but our money's still going over there. And not only that, but King Greer... Uh, in the comments, he says, my friend's son is getting sent to places I went when I was younger. Yeah, yep. this, this war has been going on so long yep. that now it, it's generational. People who weren't alive at the beginning of this war are being sent to it. People who went to this war and they got friends or they got kids of their own, their kids are now being sent to this war. It's the same one. We don't hear about it as often because it doesn't it doesn't register on news cycles. People yeah, just don't. It, yeah, America's not at war care. anymore. Yeah, yeah. The U.S. military is at war. America is watching Netflix. There's no America's not at war anymore. We talked a lot about ending the wars and bringing the troops home in this campaign. It connected with libertarians. When I would mention it to everyone else, they'd glaze over. They had no idea. And 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 yeah. I even had people saying, "What war?" And I'd say, "We're in multiple wars." And are killing a whole bunch of people around the world and are even helping sponsor a, a genocide that's being carried out by the Saudi government and Al-Qaeda, which, by the way, is treason, if you aren't counting at home. Uh, and so, so is negotiating with the Taliban. So is negotiating with terrorists. And we and so, you know, when I when I would tell them that they look at me shocked and say or a lot of times look at me and just not believe me. Oh, that's not happening. I, I don't know about it. Well, there's a reason you don't know about it. Um 
And when, uh, you know, and nothing changes, when someone like a Tulsi Gabbard or, or another uh, politician actually talks about ending the wars, they get red-baited. They get accused of being Russian spies. That's been going on since before our grandparents were alive. This is some next-level stuff happening. Uh, that's, that's, or, or some just, you know, it's the standard issue stuff that's going on. Just the standard, you know, we are at war. It never ends and we're paying for it. And if we even think to speak out against it, uh, on the right, we are told that we just want the Muslims to beat us and to take over the world. And on the left, we're being accused bizarrely of being Russian bots. And the reality is, it's just mass murder. We didn't even, I only just be, briefly mentioned, we're talking about the the uh, the few hundred dead in, in Afghanistan, which is devastating. What about the hundreds of thousands that are dying in Yemen? Because the U.S. government is sponsoring a genocide that is being undertaken by the Saudi government and Al-Qaeda. We've said this before many times on the show. If you and I were to give five cents to Al-Qaeda, we would go to jail after being deprived of our right to due process. We would end up in jail for sponsoring and helping a terrorist group. And depending on how much help we were giving them, we might end up being executed for treason. The U.S. military is robbing you and future generations through debt spending to give hundreds of millions of dollars in money, training, weapons, and other support to Al-Qaeda. Who is in Yemen attacking not the military, because there is no more Yemen military or very little to speak of. They're attacking civilians. They're attacking factories. They're attacking bridges. They're attacking hospitals. They're attacking markets. They're attacking everything, uh, power plants. They're attacking everything that is needed to have a civilian infrastructure in place to have a civil society. Yemen, Yemeni people are dying increasingly not from bombs and bullets, but from tuberculosis, from treatable illness, from scurvy, from starvation. They are being put into third world hyper poverty conditions by being having every attempt to try to live their lives attack aid ships that are trying to bring soybeans and water to them to try to feed them are being attacked by terror groups that are being funded by your government. You want to talk about slowing the spread of COVID-19? Yemen has one of the highest rates of spread and one of the highest rates of fatality for COVID-19 because they have almost no hospital system in place. And that is being done with Democrats and Republicans working hand in hand. And if you were wondering if this was going to change under Joe Biden, yeah, it is going to be escalated because Joe Biden's hand-picked foreign policy team is a bunch of people who helped start the Yemen genocide during the Obama years and who in their rare times of disagreeing with the administration was when they said that the Obama administration wasn't going far enough in Syria and in Yemen and in Libya and other places. This is what you are going to get if you continue having Republicans and Democrats. Republicans will do it under the name of protecting America and saving our freedoms and the Democrats will do it in the name of not even really talking about it much and just accusing anyone who's against it of being a Russian spy. That's what you get from Republicans. And right. it's only going to end when we get rid of them. 
So Matt. So personally, I want to uh, give a huge shout out to the wonderful people at Timecode Productions for yes. continuing to allow me to use their studios. Uh, whilst I am in between studio space, the guys here, they are fantastic. They they got like this week, they have this whole green screen setup, which uh, I almost set up in front of, but then I realized how really bad of an idea that would be for me to do. Um <laughs> But no, uh, they run a very professional, uh, they, they have an exceptionally professional shop here. They do pretty much anything. Uh, they short films. They, I, I think they just won a bunch of awards for a short film that they made. Three, three awards. Um, oh, wow. They just won three awards for a short film that they made um, over during the COVID times for a competition. And uh, no, they great job. They do a lot of basically any video need that you would have. The guys at Timecode Production have it. Visit timecodeproduction.com. Yeah, timecodeproduction.com. Big shout out to them. Big shout out to my wife for letting me use my studio, which is in our guest room, and uh, and letting me have this amazing beige screen behind me. Uh, yeah, that beige screen. Beige screen. I think you could key that out. Pretty close to my skin tone, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. That is accurate. So uh, we have a busy week. Uh, so tomorrow, I will on my fellow Americans, I am interviewing Natalie Bruno, who was going to be running for state senate in Oklahoma in a special election, but the Republicans and Democrats told her no. You're probably thinking, "Hey, wow. yeah." You're probably wondering why. Well, tune in tomorrow, and we'll tell you. Uh, and then on Thursday and Friday, I'll be doing Culture of Winning on my social media where I talk to libertarians who have been elected to office, which is a real thing, and uh, talking to them about how they won and working out the blueprint for how libertarians can get elected across the country. And is do we know if Jason's doing a show on Friday? I, I don't. Did he do one last Friday? He, he didn't. He didn't do one last Friday. But. Because I noticed um, yesterday when you were doing your uh, winning culture of winning um it had the name of a jason lyons episode and I yes thought, when i first put it out um i had forgotten to change the title in in restream and so i had but, to stop it and delete it and then put it back out with the right one right but if he didn't do an episode how was the title in there right Yeah, I had that exact same thought because I didn't know he did one. Um, but so Jason Lyon might be doing a show. And if he is, uh, I hope that he lets us know so we can promote it properly. <laughs> so we can promote it. Right, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, hopefully Jason does a show. Because I, I had to, never heard of that title. I have to reach out to Jason And I've been putting all thing. of them on the website. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 So speaking uh, of a we website, Matt, if someone were to try to find out about us on the internet, is that even possible? And if so, how? Uh, if you are one of the old school people who truly enjoy listening to the sweet, dulcet, buttery tones of our speaking voices and don't want to take a look at these beautiful, masculine, Adonis-like faces. Adonis. Adonis. You can go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters. High cheekbones. I have high high cheekbones. 
be- beautiful eyes on both of us where and if you're at anchor.fm slash muddied waters you can hit the message button and we will play messages from you live on perfectly crafted eyebrows on both of us you can also hit the donate button you can hit the donate button where you can give us money to continue giving you high money. quality programming give us money do you want to be free like free. really free well freedom's not free yes visit anchor.fm slash muddy waters so we can prove to you that freedom isn't free by giving us money by giving us money or you can uh, visit muddiedwatersmedia.com where you will find this and every other episode of Muddied Waters Media. Well, that's fantastic news. Somebody wants to know if we're creating an OnlyFans. That's, I was just processing that. Like, would that be all we did on OnlyFans is talk to them like that? Because if so, I'm actually halfway down to do that. I'm not against doing that. I'm not against doing that. We'll get back to you on that, on the OnlyFans. Uh, So, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, We will see you tomorrow on My Fellow Americans. Uh, I will hopefully see you over on my social media for Culture of Winning. We may see you over in Jason Lyon if he's apparently doing episodes, which is awesome. We're going to promote those. Uh, And then tune in next week right here, Tuesday at 8, starting at 8 Eastern, for the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's event. Like this sweet – is it still – autumn is it winter yet until the 21st yeah okay it's like the sweet little autumn fall autumn monkey babies that we are so folks thanks again for tuning in we'll see you next week and where we're going we don't need roads